Mother's Day. I I tell you, I'm I uh, I I like so many others have a fond place in my heart for mothers. I can honestly say today, without mothers, we would not be here today. And I can honestly say, without mothers, none of you would be here today. Jesus got here without an earthly father, but he didn't do it without an earthly mother. You are important. I want you to look at John chapter 2, verse 1. And we're going to talk today about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Well, three days later, a wedding took place in the city of Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had been invited to. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They're out of wine. And Jesus said to her, why you come to me? My time has not yet come. And his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Six stone water jars were there, and they were used for Jewish purification rituals, and each jar held between 18 and 27 gallons. And Jesus told the servers, fill the, water, fill the jars with water. And so the servers filled the jars to the brim, and Jesus said to them, pour some and take it to the person in charge. And the servers did as they were told. The person in charge tasted the water that had become wine. The message today is not on the miracle of turning the water to wine. The message goes a little bit deeper than that, perhaps. Maybe you've heard that message lots of times. I want to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus, who encouraged her son to perform the miracle. Now we we uh, we approach Mother's Day. Those of us who had good mamas, we we uh, we look forward to Mother's Day. But I, I also know that there are some people that Mother's Day is not such a good day for them. Uh, for some, motherhood is an accident, and it's not always welcome. For some, biological motherhood isn't possible. For some, their mothers weren't all that nice. For some, motherhood under the very best of circumstances is still less than a bed of roses and, and a primrose path. But for all of those of you who, like I, had a good mama, today is a day we celebrate. And whether you had one or not, it's still a worthy day to honor those mamas who are good mamas. Amen? I hate it if you didn't have a good mama. I wish you would have had. But all of those of us who did are celebrating them today and very, very thankful that God allowed us to understand what a real mama is. The poet Wilhelm Busch made a statement years ago. He said, to become a mother is not so difficult. On the other hand, being a mother is much so. I think what he's trying to say there is producing babies doesn't make you a mama. But raising one for life does. That's the difference between people who produce offspring and those who are real mothers. And good mamas love their children more than they love themselves. They put them first. They care for them. They pray for them. They serve them with their whole life. You know, uh, today my mama is celebrating her first Mother's Day in heaven. And uh, both her and my dad are both there. And for the first time in many years, both of them are with their mothers. And uh, I take a little bit of solace in that. But I was thinking about this day and about this message and about how that uh, my mama, even on her deathbed, was still trying to take care of me. 
And uh, there's times now, even as a, you know, as a full-grown middle-aged man, I can't figure out how I'm going to get through the rest of my life without my mama. Every time I got sick, she was calling to see how I was doing about every day. She was praying for me all the time, all the time wanting to know how I was doing. She was always standing in my corner and times got hard. She was always there for me, just like your good mama is for you. They're counselors, they're advisors, they're encouragers, they're accountability partners, whether you want them to be or not, and they're protectors, aren't they? And even when their babies are fully grown, they're they're still trying to to shield them from the hard things this life's going to throw at them. I would say to you, if you have a good mama, you should cherish every moment that you have time to spend with her. Someday all you're going to have is memories. And the memories are awesome, but they're not the same as being able to physically hug them and tell them that you love them. Don't miss those opportunities. Well, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was was one of those kind of mamas. And I know she was because even though I don't have a whole lot of information about her or words that she spoke, I can see the respect that Jesus had for her. And that kind of respect comes from a good mama. Loving her and caring about her. And this story exemplifies, I'm telling you, all the years I've been in ministry, I've never preached a Mother's Day message from this passage of Scripture because I never saw in it till this year some of the things that I'm able to uh, pull out from this passage. You know, before Jesus was born, his mama knew that he was special. I mean, she knew he was really special. You say, well, how did she know that? Well, first of all, he was the Immaculate Conception. That made him pretty special. Whether anybody believed her or not, she knew the truth. No one before this or ever after this came about this way. She knew then by the visitation of the angels to come and tell her about the baby that she was carrying. She knew that this was a special baby. Joseph encountered angels before Jesus was born to give him words of advice and Then when Jesus was born, here came wise men from the east. These were important men bearing expensive gifts. They would not have just shown up at the hospital for anybody's birth. And there were visions that God gave to Joseph to tell him, take Jesus away from this place so that Herod won't kill him. They knew there's something special about this baby that God has sent and he is protecting and he is providing for. He's got something really special for his future. I can't imagine how amazing it would have been when they entered into the temple and the old timer was there who saw Jesus and said, here is the one we've been waiting for. Now I can lay down and close my eyes and pass from this life to the next in peace because I have seen the Messiah. And when he said that, can you imagine what was going on in mama's heart? holding this baby. You know, Luke chapter two lists two occasions that says that, that after this particular thing happened, that Mary would treasure 
It depends on the translation you have. Sometimes it says she pondered these things. She treasured these things. It means that she, that, that she valued them and that she remembered them and that she tucked them away in her mind because she knew in the future that they were going to be very important. Two occasions in Luke chapter 2, the first one's in, in verse 19. This is where the shepherds came to the manger. They've been out there watching the sheep, saw the, 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 this glorious choir of angels and have come now to the manger and there they are and she sees them coming and they're telling the story and they're excited and it says that she pondered this in her heart. Then you go on down into verse 52. This is when Jesus is about 12 years old and they've traveled to the city of Jerusalem and, and he has found a place among the, the, um, the, the, the learned men, the teachers of his day, and he is sitting discussing law and matters of the law with them. And, and meanwhile, the parents think he's lost. And they look for him all over the place, and they finally find him. And he says to his mama, though not disrespectfully, I can't believe you didn't know where to find me. Didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? This is where you would find me. This is where I would be. And the scripture said that she pondered that in her heart. Tucked it away and knew, man, this something special about this 12-year-old boy. All the other 12-year-old boys are playing steal the bacon and they're rubbing each other's nose in the dirt, tearing up their britches legs. And this 12-year-old boy is sitting with adults discussing the word and saying, didn't you know this is where you'd find me? She pondered all these things in her heart because she knew this child was special. You know, every mother, you've heard that said. I used to hear my dad say that. He said, every old hen thinks her chicks are the yellowest. And every mother thinks their babies are the prettiest and the smartest, have the most potential. And in your eyes, they do. And you should believe that. And you should teach their, your children that. All the time they were growing up, I told my kids that they were the smartest and the prettiest and they still believe me. I just always believed that that was the case. In my mind, nobody was any better. I was always taught nobody's better than you. Nobody, no, nobody's better, but nobody's worse. We're all alike. We're all the same. But when Jesus said, my child's smarter than yours, my child's better than yours, she was right. There's just something about this in her mind that she lived with for years. It was also something that was thrown in at the end of the statement of the old fella in the temple when he said, he shall be the Messiah of his people and a sword will pierce your heart. She tucked that away too and pondered that. It's fun to have the brightest, the smartest, the one with the most potential the one who'll have the most responsibility. But it's not fun to see them carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. It's not fun to see them pay an ultimate price, perhaps with even their life, as her son did. She stood at the foot of that cross and watched her baby boy hang on that cross for the sins of all mankind. And she remembered all those things she had pondered. This was a special child. This was a special baby. I see now what they were saying, what I was feeling, what I knew. In our story, Jesus had become a man. 
He didn't answer to his mama anymore. He didn't live under her roof. But they were both at the same wedding. And mama saw a need and she immediately knew her son could do something. Now, what did she know? This boy grew up in her house working with her husband, his earthly dad, as a carpenter. Stone masonry, perhaps, wood carpentry, whatever the case might have been. But they never had, to my knowledge, a vineyard. They'd never been in the wine business. They never owned Welch's grape juice factory. And yet they get into a situation where it wasn't like the roof caved in and she said, my son can do something about this. I've seen him work with wood. This is the drink orders are messed up. The, 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 the refreshments are gone. And she just knew her son could fix this. What in the world has he got to do with this? He wants to know. I think I studied from studying this, I found at least three transcultural truths that would apply to Mary and her son and all of you mamas and your children today. And that is this. If you're a good mama, like Mary, first of all, you're going to know your children. She knew her son. She said, Jesus, they're out of wine. And that's all she said. She, she, she didn't say, go get some more. She didn't say, take the keys to the camel and ride down to the you know, ride down to the winery and pick up some more and bring it back. She didn't say fix this. She didn't say do something. She simply relays a fact because she knows that that's all she's going to have to do. Her son will take responsibility. He'll do the right thing because she raised him right. She knows her son. She'd been watching him and Remembering things and treasuring things about him all of his life. She's noted his compassion and his strength, his character. She's been a good mama and she's raised him right. So she knows that when they're put in a, in a, in a, in an adverse situation, she's not going to have to beg or plead for her son to do the right thing. Some mama say amen. Oh, y'all always ahead of me, aren't you? That if a good mama will take the time to invest in their children and teach them and love them and pray with them and for them and stay involved in their lives, that when those children get old, the scriptures say, if you train them up in the way they should go when they're older, they won't depart from it. They'll know what to come back to. That's why some of you good mamas are able to go to bed at night and not worry about what your children are doing because you know you instilled in them the right thing and they'll do the right thing. Some of you mamas are struggling today because you did that and your kids are out there not doing the right thing. But listen to me. The word of God will not return void. And what you hid in their hearts, they're not ever going to be able to get away from. 
And they may be on a path of their own running around all over the place right now. But I'll promise you being one of those kids, one of those little prodigal children, there was not a night in my life that I lived outside of the umbrella of where I should be that I didn't worry about it and feel conviction. I had a mama somewhere that was praying. Lord, I see too much potential in that boy. I know things I've treasured and pondered in my heart. I'm not willing to give him up to the enemy. I know you have a purpose and a plan for his life. And I believe someday he'll do the right thing. And I'm just going to keep praying for him. That's the prayer of you good mamas for your children today. There's an old Spanish proverb that says, an ounce of mother is worth a ton of priest. When you've raised those little ones the way that you should, when you've given them to God, when they were little, then you know that they're going to do what is right. Maybe not be doing it today, but you've instilled in them a foundation that they can come back to. My heart breaks for the people I counsel with that they don't have that foundation. They're trying to get their life right. They're coming to me and they're saying, what should I do? And I'm asking them things about their past. And I find out they had no Christian upbringing. They have no foundation in their life. They don't have a clue. And so when they get in a bind, they don't know what to come back to. I thank God for parents that instilled in me what was right and wrong so that when I needed to, I had a place to come back. I wasn't just blowing smoke last week when I lined these parents up up here and commissioned them with the responsibility to do what's right by their children because it's going to, their kids are going to, it's going to depend upon that. It's imperative that they do that. Blows my mind. It always has that there are people out there that say, well, I'm going to raise my children, but I'm not going to instill in them religious values. That's something they'll have to come up with on their own. And I think to myself, when they were little, did you make them brush their teeth? Yeah. But you don't tell them about Jesus? What good teeth going to do them in hell? I guess for all the gnashing that they're going to be doing, At least they'll have some. Are you kidding me when I hear him say that? I'm just like, I'm appalled. Like, I'm not going to force my religious beliefs upon my children. Are you kidding me? I didn't have a choice about whether or not we were going to church. If it was church time, we were going. When I was little bitty, before we had children's churches and nurseries, I just made a big mess on the front seat with some fruit loops and frosted flakes, but I was there. When I was five and six and the old timers got to shouting, and I remember this, I've seen it with my own eyes. The old timers would get to shouting and get so excited in the presence of the Lord in those old days of Pentecost. They would bounce and jump and hug until the stovepipe would fall out of the ceiling and land in the floor. And people, those ladies would dance and hairpins were going all over the place. And I would climb up under a seat to keep them getting run over and watch them bounce all around me. I was there. 
It's one of the reasons why I hold so tightly now to the conviction that we got to have services where our families are together. I know our little ones are back there. They're too little. They, they, they wouldn't do well. But with our youth, I guard that. I, I think it's so important that we're having church together. So when the Holy Spirit is moving, we're seeing things not for the first time as college students, but we're seeing the moving of the Holy Spirit and how the family interacts when God is at work amongst us. We're raising up our children in the way they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it because they'll know how to come back to it. And then, Mama, when you've done that, then you can go to sleep at night. Even when they're running from the Lord, you could go to sleep at night knowing I was a good mama. I did my job. I raised my children. And something down deep in their heart, they know the truth and they will come back. The word says they will. They can't get away from it. Take it from one who tried. They can't get away from the conviction. Down deep inside, they don't want to. Number two, she believed in her son. And she said to the people, do whatever he tells you. It seemed to me like Mary may have been a person of few words, but they got the job done. I don't see her talking a lot, but I see her being very effective. Here's Jesus, a 30-year-old man. His first reaction is almost that of a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old. She says, Jesus, they're out of wine. He looking at, but she knows him. So she says, do whatever he says. And he's like, he get off with his mom. He's like, why do I care if they're out of wine? I was invited to this. Society. I don't care. I mean, he said, he didn't say that. He did say that. Why do I care? What's that to me? I'm not here to provide the wine for the guest list at the wedding. I've just invited along with you. Why do I care? And besides that, mom, my time to be God has not yet come. I think it's kind of funny. Listen to this, mamas. I think it's funny that at least at one time in history, a mama knew more than God did. I felt like that growing up. Mama always knew. Jesus said, it's not yet my time. She's like, oh, you don't think it is, but it is. She's not saying nothing. She just said, whatever he tells you all to do. Because she believes in him. Hmm. I think God speaks to mama's. And he tells them things that we don't even hear him say. Growing up, I had a, a couple of buddies when we were in high school. And these, these two kids, there was two brothers. And these two brothers, their mama was single. I don't know. I never met their dad. I don't know where he was, but this mama was raising, I think, four children as a single mom. And she was a godly woman. Took those kids to church all the time. Of course, they were, those two boys were wild as a church hair. They were the ones we was talking about a while ago that you need that her, she was praying for because they were running with me. So those boys were a mess. I remember going over to their house and they'd say, Mama knows everything. He 
They say, we come in last night. She's waiting up. She said, you boys have been out doing this, this, and this. And I said, what'd you tell them? He said, well, we said yes. We told them you were with us. I said, well, you're going to go and throw me under the bus. If God wants to tell her about me, let him. You don't do it. Somehow, mamas just know. And what they don't know, they're good at guessing. Aren't they? They don't know. I'm convinced a lot of times they don't know, but they're good guessers. She believed in her son. This is what gives her the confidence to believe in him because she's watched him all these years. You know, over the years throughout my ministry, there's been a lot of decisions I had to make that didn't make me always popular with people. And I've been questioned and I've been bad mouthed and I've been rebuked and all those kinds of things. And that just goes with it. So have you. If, if, if any of you have been around more than five minutes as an adult, you've had some of that. When your mama wasn't there to take care of you, you've, there's been somebody that's probably mean to you at some point. I've had nasty notes. I keep some of them. I keep them in my file. I keep the nasty notes and I keep the good ones. I figure there's a balance in the middle so I can read them both. I read, you're a dog, you stink, you, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then I read the one, you're the best in the world. I'm like, well, I'm not the best in the world, but I don't think I'm a dog. Somewhere in the middle is probably the... So I keep them that keeps me balanced. One thing I could always count on, though, with Mama, whether I was right or wrong, she was with me. She's backing me. She's standing with me. They better not talk bad about me in front of her. They could do it somewhere else. I don't think she stood behind me because I was so smart. I think the reason she stood behind me is because she knew that ultimately I was praying to the same God she was praying to for me and that she knew he was speaking to me and that I was hearing. And at some point, whether it looked good or bad right now, it was going to come out good because she was praying and I was hearing. Can you just see Mary just quietly smiling when they start filling up the jars? She's not saying anything. She's just standing in the back. Good mamas believe in their kids because they've invested their whole lives in, into equipping them for days just like this one. Abraham Lincoln made the statement. He said, no man is poor who has had a godly mother. Number three, she's proud of her son. Now I can really see her beaming as, as, as they start passing out the new wine. And I've read the account and I don't see her bragging about it. I don't see her saying anything. I don't see her walking around saying, I told you. I told you he was better than your, my son's better than yours and he gets better grades and all bumper stickers on the back of the camel and all that stuff. But I can see it quietly. She's so proud. She's beaming. She's sitting in the background. She's keeping her mouth shut. She's got her arms crossed. She's quiet. She's watching them pass out the wine. And people said, ooh, that's better than the one we had before. That was better than we had before. And she's saying, yeah, yeah, I know that's my boy. This is my boy. Hmm. Kids, you want to make your mama proud? 
do what she wants without her having to ask. That's what Jesus did. She said, do whatever he tells you. He said, all right, fill the pots up. And she says, I'm proud. I'm pleased. I didn't beg. I didn't nag. I didn't threaten. I didn't, I didn't have to take away his whatever they did back then. His stick that he draws in the dirt with. <laughs> All right, give me your stick. No dirt. That's it for a week. No writing in the sand. (laughs) You want to make your mama proud. Do something that you know would make her happy. And don't make her beg you to do it. Some some of us, I know we, we all grew up this way. My mama nags me, good Lord. Going on, nagging, and won't be quiet. Just drop it. Just leave it alone. And in her mind, she's like, I wish I could. I'm so sick of threatening you every single week on Tuesday. Take out the trash. I don't want to nag about it. I just wish I'd come in one time and it would be done. And I would fall to my knees and throw my hands in the air and thank God for the greatest miracle I'd ever seen. Because mamas are just looking for things to be proud about their kids for. You think so many times that you know that she sacrificed. and You hear her say, you don't know how many sleepless nights. You don't know how much I've sacrificed. And you just think as a kid, that's your job. Shouldn't have had me if you didn't want to stay up all night long wondering where I was. And she's thinking in her mind, probably, it's probably right. I mean, it's like, it's like the story of the lady that, you know, she had like six or seven kids and they were all just so unruly. And finally they were, they were trying to corral them in a room. And somebody asked the lady, said, seriously, if you had it to do all over again, would you have all these kids? And she would you have kids? Like she said, yeah. She said, I'd have kids, just not these. (laughs) Different ones. I believe that mamas are pastoring their children. Now, I know that dad's the spiritual leader, but I think that mamas are pastors to their kids. I'm going to conclude with this story, a story about Dr. G. Campbell Morgan. What a great pulpiteer and preacher he was. If you've ever read any of his writings or heard any of his sermons, he's an amazing preacher, and he had four sons, and all four sons were preachers too. So when the family got together, you had dad and four sons, all who were great men of God and preachers. 
one day all the family was together and they were sitting in the house and there was somebody visiting and they I don't know what the, what the uh, arrangement was or a party or whatever it might have been. I don't know what the circumstance was, but I know that they were all in the house and there was somebody else that was visiting. And one of the guy, one of the, the son's name was Howard. He was a, you know, he was a preacher like the other three. And this individual said, who thought they'd just catch old Howard off guard and he said, Howard, now that we're all together, tell me, which one of y'all is the greatest preacher? And he said, without hesitation, he pointed and said, mother. That's the way it works in most of our houses. Moms are the nurturers. Dads are the providers. Sometimes dad use that as excuse. And you shouldn't, dad. And I know many of you are good dads. We'll talk about you here before too long. But a lot of times mamas are left to be the pastor in the house. His dad is checked out. He's using his job as an excuse to not have to be the spiritual leader of his home. So mamas become the spiritual leaders. First of all, dad, don't make her do that because that is not the way that this is supposed to work. You're supposed to be doing this as a team. But mom, if you're going to pastor those kids, pastoring is sometimes not sleeping, worrying, praying, thinking, constantly meditating, staying ahead of them. You'll spend your whole life doing that. And mom, you know how you'd love to have a break? Not going to happen. Sorry. You know how you say, I just, I just wish I could just have a vacation. If I could just leave for a week and get my mind. I'm telling you, you can leave, but you can't go far enough to ever lay down the responsibility of being mom. And if those kids go on a trip and you think initially, oh, this is great, we're gonna, they're gonna be gone and somebody else is gonna have them. You'll worry every day that there's somebody else has them. And be so glad when they get home. Now I got them back. I would say to all of us, regardless of what age we are, if we have our mamas around and still alive, let's give our mamas all the reasons in the world to be proud of us. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a good mama, and her son turned out pretty well. And if you're a good mama... Your children are going to turn out that same way. They may not be the savior of the world. And you may be trying to make them that. So you may never be satisfied. But they're going to be all right. They're going to be okay. Think for a minute, what can you do for your mama today? 
Whatever you think of that you could do, do it today while you can for those of us who can't. They're right, Johnny. Some of us this year are, are in this room are spending our first Mother's Day without a mother. So do for us what we can't do for ourselves when it comes to your mama. Whatever that is. And as a church, there's two things we can do. First of all, we can pray for all these good mamas that God has put in our church. And secondly, we can honor them. So today, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I wish every one of you mamas that are in the sound of my voice would stand to your feet. First of all, so we can see who you are. I want to see all of these mamas and I, I, I want to pray for you. All of these good mamas down there on the floor and up in the balcony I'll tell you I know y'all are good mamas but the best mama here is up in the balcony that's my wife she's the best mama here as I was putting this message together thinking about it a lot this morning I thought about how this is basically this message is telling her life story. It pays off though, moms. It pays off. If you think that your kid is the most rotten, ornery rat that ever crawled along a curb on its way to a gutter, then I want you to know you're wrong. I was that rat. So take hope in the fact there's several people like me, several guys in this building right now that were just downright skunks when they were kids. And here they are today, Jerry Meadows. Here they are today. Yeah. Here they are today because some mama just wouldn't give up just kept praying and believing and loving and raising Lord I want to ask you right now for rest for these mothers I pray that you would give them rest in their minds and in their soul and in their body that they will be refreshed and reinvigorated with the zeal that it will take for them to carry on this task. It's ongoing, God. I know even even on the deathbed, Mama is still thinking about her children to make sure they're going to be okay. So, God, I pray that you give them rest and give them strength and give them peace for the journey. We honor them today. I'm so proud of them, Lord. You know I am. I'm so proud of these mamas. I look at this group of youth and these children in the back. 
And they're so, so, they're just all good kids, God. They are. There's some of them that are ornery. But Lord, they're good kids. It's because their mamas love them and that they're leading them in the right way. And the work these mamas are doing is going to result in the fact that these kids are going to grow up someday and be our leaders in the business world, in the church world, government, everywhere, because of good mamas. Blessings be on these mamas today. Let them sense your presence today in your nearness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want all you mamas to be seated and everybody else. I will. I want you to join me in standing so we can give these mamas a nice round of applause. This is our way of honoring our mamas today.